Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. Tonight, I am here with Andy Pye, who is a coach, well, the coach, the founder of Trail Running West Midlands, which is near where I was born and raised, Coventry, um, so south of Birmingham. And um, he um, runs coaching sessions and training sessions there, all to do with trail running. And he recently com completed an amazing epic journey around the the tops of the West Midlands so we'll be talking about that tonight and we'll also be um, talking and getting all Andy's advice for how you can train for hills in a flat place like the Midlands because we're not all blessed with living near the mountains. Um, so welcome Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, what have you been up to today? Well thank you for having me uh, Claire, it's uh, amazing to be invited to the show. Uh, today um, I've had a day off so I've had a day with uh, my daughter Alyssa um, and we actually had an opportunity to get to town, have some food and just have a really good time playing around and stuff. So yeah, it's been a, a nice day off and a day off training as well. So it's been good. Cool. Oh, that's good. It's nice to have a week off from time to time. Um, and so first of all, I just want to find out a little bit more about the Midlands Tops um, epic sort of, well, it's sort of an FKT, isn't it, that you did? Um, it's, it is now. Uh, I actually created the round. So it's um, back in 2021. Um, I was looking for something to do, uh, something to create for my 40th birthday and um, I decided to give something um, to the, the fell running and trail running community and create a round that they could do here uh, that could be sort of an introduction to um, larger distance events uh, such as the T round, the Bob Graham round and a way of building your way up. Yeah. Um, and also here in South Birmingham, not a lot of people are aware of how hilly um, the, the North Worcester and South Birmingham area is. Um, so you've got the Licky Hills, you've got the Waisley Hills, and then that links up to the Clent Hills as well. Wow. So I created a route um, to join all the tops um, in a nice big loop. 
starting and finishing at the Lucky uh, Hills Visitor Centre. Oh, that's um, nice. <laughs> and done it that way. So it's about 16 miles and 2,700 feet of climb. Um, so it's quite wow. a quite quite a good uh, route. Yeah. What? So 16 miles, or did you say yeah. 60? Yeah, 16. 16. With 2,500 feet. Yeah. Oh, feet. Like, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said meters. No, like, no. God, I, I still, I still work into the wrong Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still work in feet, so uh, yeah, it's, um, it's it's quite a tough event um, if you want to get round. I've had quite a few people uh, complete the round already. Cool. Uh, the fastest time so far is one hour and fifty nine minutes. Oh wow! Um, That's quite amazing. amazing. Yeah. Um, I actually did it on my birthday as a ah. recce and I finished it in two hours 44 wow. so I was quite pleased with that yeah. Uh, but yeah I've had quite a few people and I actually use it as part of my um, training routes for my uh, athletes who are training for bigger events and that as well oh brilliant yeah it's great to have a route which links up so many hills and gets a, a yeah. big fat me, uh, number of um, number of feet or meters into the ascent there. Um, yeah, and are, are you thinking of turning into a race or a yearly event or anything like that? It's funny you say that. Um, so I've recently taken on a new leader to help me out with my Wednesday sessions um, for my uh, trail hit and run sessions that I do at the Licky Hills. And she is also very keen to put on an event and she did the round and said it was amazing. She wanted to actually put it on. So we're actually in the process of trying to work out how um, to put it on um, and use uh, quite a lot of the local uh, businesses at the same time. Uh, the Rose and Crown um, public house at the bottom of Rose Hill, uh, the Lickies, they're very keen to host it and um, award everyone with a, a local pie as a finishing uh, gift rather than medals. And stuff. So yeah, we're just working uh, and negotiating with the councils and stuff to uh, get permission to do the event. But yeah, it's uh, a work in progress at the moment. That's brilliant news because they're just there's quite a few trail running trail races like down south on the coast and in the southeast in Cornwall yeah. and things like that. But you don't see a lot of trail races in the Midlands necessarily, not compared no. to the lakes and the Peak District, do you? Yeah. So that's, that's really right. good to add that one in. Oh, um, you'll have to um, let us know when it's ready, and I'll, I'll tell everybody about it. Yeah. yeah that's brilliant well congratulations on setting up that amazing route and um, congratulations for having clients that can get such great times on it it must make you feel really proud of them yeah it does yeah and it's good to have the feedback that the uh, the route is good it's uh, it's difficult because it's runnable um, yeah. but the views you get as well um, you can at some uh, spots you can see all the way over to Malvern and the Brecon Beacons so it does offer you really good views as well um, if you just want a day out just to go around and enjoy it. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Just over the half marathon, that sounds brilliant. Yeah. A good, good marathon training route as well then. Yeah, definitely. Oh, great. And so you mentioned the trail hit and run sessions. Just before we go on to talk about more of the like the hill training side of things, um, what, what goes on in, in the trail hit and run sessions? So um, most uh, Wednesdays and Sundays, I say most because I work uh, in the public services, uh, so I work shifts, so I can't do every single uh, week. I uh, put on a one hour session um, where I try and get groups of up to 15 people um, out on the trails and we do um, dynamic warm ups, uh, we do strength and conditioning uh, for tra uh, tra specific for trail running. Uh, and then we work on the hills with a bit of speed um, and do uh, the sort of things you do at a club on the tracks but I transfer it and put it onto the trails um, and the bonus of having a smaller group of only 15 I've got to coach people properly during those sessions as well 
and then we do a nice cool down uh, and everyone's ready to go home and have a good glass of wine and if after enjoying that what I put them through. Yeah, I like the name Hit and Run because it's um, yeah. high intensity interval training, isn't it? The H I I T. Yeah, so I like, does, what, it, I like what you've done there. It does have an attraction, <laughs> even though it's misused quite a lot by the fitness industry. Um, I tend to do it properly. I've um, I've read up a lot on the science application of uh, hit training, mm-hmm. and uh, if you do it correctly, you can have some amazing results. Mm. Uh, oh wow! And how soon would you be looking for results? Say, if you came to your session every week or something like that. If people were coming every week, um, you'd, you'd notice changes within a month. Oh, definitely. wow, yeah. Uh, but I've had people who have been coming to me for quite a while, and at the start, they were only just running 5K, and now they're you know, running, well, they're training for the UTMB. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so incredible. have a good range. But the, the nice thing is, because we're on the trails, um, a lot of people think they'll just end up getting left behind and lost, but... We go to one point and the faster runners I send back to the uh, the people at the back so they bring everyone together and we all train in one place and so it's quite a very nice environment to train in. Yeah, it sounds very inclusive. I like that yeah. lo- looping back idea. Like our yeah, club does definitely. that on the long steady runs at the weekend as well. Yeah. yeah. And so if somebody say doesn't live in Birmingham and can't get to your trail hit and run classes, what kind of exercises could they do themselves like on a Wednesday night? Um, to do it for themselves? So to do it for themselves, um, they, you can do a lot of body weight exercises. Um, it's it's quite easy to go into the normal bilateral exercises, like squats, press-ups, um, push and pull exercises. Um, but a lot of people forget, that, especially with trail running, that you, you, you only really have one on the ground at one time. So you have to work unilateral exercises, lunges, step-ups, um, single-leg calf raises, um, all those sort of things. And also, I like to train people from doing the very basic stuff and slowly progressing to the more advanced stuff rather than jumping straight into it, just so they can get the technique right first. So, um, what I like to do is um, start people on very basic exercises and slowly progress. So, they'll start on the zombie squats, for instance, and then they'll slowly progress to do reverse lunges, front lunges, uh, and things like that. What's so, a zombie squat? I'm so a zombie squat is just doing a normal squat, but with, with your arms out in front of oh, you. Oh, okay, like this. And, and, yeah, but all it does is it makes sure your upper body is in a nice position rather okay. than bending forward. You get a lot of people who squat and they bend forward as they're oh, squatting. Okay. So it just makes sure their technique is right before yeah. they uh, progress on to anything else. Oh, okay. Um, and you used a very so, posh word there earlier, which was unilateral. And while you were talking, I actually worked out what. <laughs> Event, which was one leg is that right yeah, like, or one yeah. side of the body yeah yeah is one side at a time yeah, so bilateral it's... is both legs oh yeah is uh, one leg it's funny that you say that but well not funny but it's it's interesting that you said that because a couple of weeks ago we had carla molinaro on um the, mm. the jog world record holder for the ladies and yeah. she was saying that because running such a it's basically jumping from one leg to the other it's really important to yeah. do one-legged workouts so yeah yeah so, definitely yeah. It sounds like um, yeah, your classes would be really beneficial. Um, I suppose, like, do you start people off with just really simple things like standing on one leg or one-legged squats yeah. and things like that? So I do a lot of that in the warm-ups. Um, so with the warm-ups, we'll um, do very dynamic stuff, uh, working mobility, hopping on one leg, uh, pogo jumps where you're jumping up and down on both legs, and then I'll slowly progress into jumping up and down on one leg um, just to create a bit more strength um, in the Achilles. Uh, and in the calves 
Um, and then we just slowly progress the mobility, doing bear crawls um, and and stretching, T-spine stretches and things like that, just so the body's um, ready uh, to do all the movements that you'd expect, especially running downhill. Because people, uh, they love training uphill, but they don't train downhill as much as they should. Oh, that's interesting, because I've put on the thumbnail to this broadcast, I've put how to train for uphill, like the hills. Actually, I just put hills, but by that, I thought uphill. So that's really interesting that you said that. So uh, we'll have to cover a bit of the downhills as well, seeing as yeah, you said definitely. that. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, that's good. Well, I think people have got enough information there, hopefully, to do a little hit session of their own. But obviously, it's just much more fun if you go in a group, isn't it? Like, yeah. that's yeah. that all just sounded, like, really fun doing the bear crawls and things. And, yeah. and like, laughing at other people doing the zombie and stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, your classes sound really fun. So I really would urge anybody who lives anywhere near the Licky Hills to give them a go. Um, yeah, and they sound really inclusive as well. So um, that's a massive bonus if anybody was feeling a bit not not that confident about going then they should just yeah. turn up shouldn't they yeah definitely definitely yeah. We're, we're, we're very welcoming as well uh, everyone's very friendly but everyone gets introduced to the whole group at the start and they just talk all the time it's, it's a, <laughs> is it uh, like alcoholics anonymous hi yeah, my yeah. name's so and so and i'm a trail runner <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that sounds really good um next time i'm in the area i'll have to see if i can come along to one yeah definitely <laughs> um so so let's just move on to the hills now then because obviously you've created this really hilly route for people to train for more exciting like rounds and races um, and you've got somebody training like that came to you doing a 5k and then now they want to do the UTMB, the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc, like over 100 miles through the mountains. Yeah. And presumably they live near you. How on yeah. earth do you get to, how on earth do people train for the mountains in a, a normal non-mountainous place? It's, That's a big question. It, <laughs> what do you do to start with? <laughs> um, you, you start with the conditioning um, phase. and. Um, along with a lot of coaching, you'll periodize, uh, you'll do periodization blocks, um, and it's all about having patience um, with uh, your athletes as well, which is something I definitely learnt over lockdown and having a newborn at the same time. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and you'll you'll condition people depending on their current fitness and the event that they're training for. And especially somewhere like the Licky Hills and the Wazy Hills, it's about looking around and seeing what sort of ground and hills are suitable to train on. So for instance, yesterday I was doing a session for myself um, based on Kenyan hill nets, um, where you have a route which has an uphill and downhill and two flat sections. Okay. It's a bit like having a sloped 400 metre track and just running loops for a certain amount of time. And then at the end of that time, you have a recovery and then go again. Oh, okay. It's a really good way of conditioning to run up flat and down. Um, a lot of cross-country runners will do those. Um, a lot of um, fell runners will do that as well, and, and mountain runners. Um, it's also picking the sort of terrain that the event is going to replicate as well. So, um, for instance, um, at the Licky Hills, we're quite lucky because we've got some really steep banks which I can do sprint intervals on. Yeah, I've been to then, the Licky Hills before. It's really steep, but it's not very yeah. long, is it? It's like the height of a house, but yeah. really, like nearly a 40, it seems like a 45 degree angle. It's probably That's not, right. but it's so really steep. Lick, <laughs> you've got the Licky Hill golf course and there's some banks off the golf course, which uh, 
I'd probably say only less than 75 metres in length, but you can really work some good power uh, intervals on there. But then you've got, if you move across to Waisley Hills, then you've got some longer uh, hills that you can work the longer intervals on. Um, if, you were, if you're in the cities, I do encourage um, my athletes to try and find uh, multi-storey car parks which are safe, um, sets of stairs which you can just run up and down because the conditioning is so good and um, it's, it's just a way of getting the legs and body used to the movements of running uphill. Um, yeah. Um, I know a man who trained for the Bob Graham round. Um, he used yeah. to work in London and Manchester, and Manchester's quite, quite yeah. flat actually. And he used to train. He he found like these multi-story car parks with like like five floors or something. You just used to run up and down, up and down. Yeah. And he said that that was actually really good training mentally as well, because yeah, wherever he was going to race was much better views than that. So he knew that he could do it. Well, I've actually um, got one of my clients at the moment who's doing the Langollen 50 mile event in June. And um, at the bottom of Beacon Hill, there's um, a private, it's, it's owned by Worcestershire National Trust. Uh, it's called Beaconwood, and the track around it is literally just one mile. And there's about 500 feet of climb if you do that full loop. Yeah. Uh, and what I do is, it's especially to test their mentality as well. It's just getting doing loops and loops and loops around that um, for an hour and a half, two hours, oh. and it really, but it, it really conditions them. And I'm sure you know what it's like on an ultra. It's a mental challenge as well as a physical challenge. So it, it will challenge them in both ways. It's preparing them, their mind and their body at the same time. So is that a bit like the Kenyan hill reps? The they do a loop of up and a down. Yeah. So yeah. It, it'll go up. It'll uh, loop back down and then come back up again. Yeah. But it's quite a long loop, so they'll just they'll hike bits of it, they'll run bits of it, and it really helps them practice their pacing for ultra training as well. Ah, and you know, like if you were to do Kenyan hills, are you supposed to sprint up the hill and sprint down the hill and rest on the flat bits, or are you supposed to do the whole thing at an, a relatively even pace? The whole thing at a relatively even hard pace. So oh, okay. Like a, a lot of people use heart rate monitors. I tend to um, prefer to use rate of perceived exertion, yeah. and I like to be sort of eight, nine on that as you're doing the reps, and then you should see your recovery drop right back down a good minute or two, depending on the time that you're doing the repetitions for, um, and then going again. Um, but the effort is exactly the same up across yeah. and down. Oh, okay. It sounds like hard work. I don't think I'm going to train with you. <laughs> <laughs> Too much like hard work. I'm not, I'm not that hard. <laughs> <I promise. laughs> That's cool. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I think I cut you off mid flow. I think you were about to say loads of other tips as well for um, training. You mentioned the terrain as well, like seeking out yeah. terrain, like not running on the roads all the time, presumably. Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, for instance, uh, I'm doing the Snowden International Fowl Race in set uh, in July. Sorry, and. There are parts of the lickies that are quite rocky, and so I'll, I'll use those areas to train on. Um, Would you go sort of back and forth on those rocky areas yeah. then? Like reps yeah. of rocks, basically. Yeah, yeah. basically. Because you, you've got to condition the ankles, you've got to condition the knees, because your body's going to be set off in all different directions. And that's where a lot of core work comes into it as well. Um, you, you've really got to work the core, but not sit up sort of crunches, because that's just working your bleeds. It's all about anti-rotational exercises like the pal-off hold, side planks, the bird dog, 
hip aeroplane, those sort of exercises. It's everyone you can do at home and we know kit, um, which is really, really good for your core uh, stability as well. Um, again, if you're training for something like over in Europe and you're definitely not going to be able to get over there, it's about having a good idea of what the terrain's going to be like and trying to replicate that at your home location to see if you can uh, mimic what you're going to be coming up against. And what about mountain? Uh, what about the weather? Sorry, like um, like maybe you're going to do something really hot or really cold. Is that something you would also replicate during the hill training here? Um, so like you can... wear loads of clothes or something, or is that something you don't need to worry about as much? Um, so I've recently done a um, the US Ultra Coaching Course, uh, which is done by Jason Cooper and he's based over in America. Oh yeah. And one of the things he suggests is um, sauna training. Oh right. So it's about doing your training and then diving into a sauna for about 30 minutes straight after. Oh God, that, that, that sounds like my idea of hell. Like where's the <laughs> ice bath gone? <laughs> in all fairness, I did read it and I was like, okay, <gasps> fair enough. But he also says that it, you don't necessarily have to train for that. If you can get to the location a, a week or two weeks before your actual event, then you can acclimatise to the heat while you're over there instead. Yeah, yeah. It is, I've done the Coastal Challenge. Well, I didn't do all of mm. it, but the Coastal Challenge in Costa Rica, and the heat was terrifying on the first day. But then by the second day and the third day and the fourth day, you, you do kind of get used to it, and you just yeah. have to run really slowly. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that I was going to be last on the first day. <laughs> I they, they probably actually, was. They actually recommend that your body will probably adapt to the conditions within 72 hours. Yeah. With the amount it sweats and everything. So as long as you can replace that with the electrolytes and things, then you should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Eat lots, sleep well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And is there anything else that people should be doing? You did mention training for downhills as well. I'm quite interested in that because no one really talks about that. No. So... We all know that um, when you're doing an event in the mountains, you're not just going to be climbing, you're going to be running downhill at the same time. Um, they've proven uh, scientifically that as you're running downhill, you're probably putting about seven times your body weight through your legs. So you need to replicate that, otherwise you're going to end up um, with jelly legs at, um, as you get to the bottom of the hills, uh, which then can then increase the risk of uh, getting an injury. So. There's a lot. Of, that's why a lot of the time you'll do single leg exercises, uh, bearing split squats, um, calf raises, um, things like that. And running downhill, you need to practice the descending as much as you do the uphills because you need to be able to um, judge where your footing's going to go, pick your route as you're going downhill. Um, as you know, fell running, you don't particularly run on the tracks; you'll just run anywhere. So. It's about picking that line and uh, going down as fast as you can, but can control your fall at the same time. It's controlled falling um, <laughs> and just having a good uh, footing. Um, running on the roads, running uphill, they'll talk about running on your toes or midfoot as much as you can. Whereas running downhill, I always suggest people getting as much of a foot on the ground as possible so they've got a nice stable um, platform on every single foot strike that they do. Yeah. And would you recommend that people do, like with the hill sessions and also the, the downhill sessions, should they do a certain amount of time or a certain amount of reps? Um, like, it must depend on their fitness level and experience, yeah. mustn't it? Yeah, how do it you did. sort of gauge where you are and decide how to do it? 
Um, so a lot of the time when I'm, especially when I'm taking on one-to-one -one, uh, athletes, I'll discuss how fit they are. I am sometimes, enough, um, when they're living close to me, I'll do some fitness assessments with them as well. Um, I like to do the 30-15 intermittent fitness test, which is a bit like the bleep test, but oh. it's uh, <laughs> it it's pet over 40 metres and it's running backwards and forwards for 30 seconds, 15 seconds rest and it gets faster and faster and faster. So it's a nice way of that having to go into a, a laboratory of being able to assess someone's VO2 max. And then you can start working on the sort of reps that they do. So if, for instance, um, I'll always start with conditioning people with Kenyan Hill reps. And you can start with as little as one minute, you work up to five. You get some Olympians that are doing 30 minute Kenyan Hill reps wow. um, to get fit. But then it's also working on the long hill reps and that, and you just slowly, slowly increase the time that they're doing those reps. Um, and they'll, con they'll, they'll condition over time, but also making sure that they have their rest periods as well. Yeah. Right down and let the muscles recover ready so they're f almost fresh for the next repetition as well. Yeah. So you just, if you're starting off doing anything like this, just do a few to start with, or a small amount of time yeah. to start with, of either Kenyan hill reps or some just up and down hill reps. And yeah. then how often would you recommend doing a session like that, like during the week, like would you do it once or twice a week or? Yeah, it, yeah. So, so a hard session like that, um, I would probably do once a week. Um, yeah. You're probably gonna be doing a long run um, at the end of the week where you'll be going over hilly terrain anyway, but a specific session like that probably done once a week because you've got to allow your body to recover. Um, and you're going to have other things that you're going to be training for um, during that week as well. So uh, I'd probably put a hard session like that in once a week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, that would, I do actually like hill training. Like I, I do do it like most Thursdays and it is quite fun because rather than yeah. just plodding around, you've got an idea in your mind, haven't you? You've got, you can tick them off as you go. I usually do like six times 60 seconds just of a, of a hill near my house. And that's enough, you know, like I'm just getting yeah. back into things. So, yeah, yeah, just can't be too hard on yourself. Um, no, well, I, I also do tell people to listen to their bodies as well. Sometimes, um, for instance, um, with my clients, I'll, I'll tell them that today's session is eight repetitions. But if you get to four, five or six and your body's saying, no, I've had enough of this, then that's fine because you're not going to lose anything by doing an extra two repetitions. You've already gained um, quite a bit. So it's always good to listen to your body and not push it beyond what you're capable of at that time. Yeah. You, you may be tired. You may have had a bad night's sleep. You may have had um, a difficult day with the children, um, a difficult day at work. So I always suggest listening to your body and just like pushing past um, what you should do. Yeah, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because like, yeah. how how do you know when you're being lazy? Like I, last week, I forced myself to do a lot of exercise. It was quite a hard week, and then on Saturday, I was just completely battered. So this week, I've eased off a bit, and yeah, I do feel lazy. Like I didn't do my strength and conditioning class this morning. I went to bed for an hour actually after dropping Finley at nursery. I just just went to bed for an hour. Yeah. Um, and I, I felt better for it, but I also feel guilty for missing the session. <laughs> but, but what you can do there is your next strength and conditioning session, you just put more effort into that and oh, you'll okay. still get, you're not going to lose anything by dropping one session every now and again. Really yeah. Not. Okay. That's okay then. Maybe I'll do a little, little job tomorrow. I did dance for Finley as I fed him this evening. So, uh, <laughs> me and Steve, he's got this little truck thing and it, it just says, it does like various tunes like the can-can. So me and Steve were can-canning yeah. and Finley was just looking at us going, what in mummy and daddy doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so dance. I think yeah, dancing and stuff is a good way of like you can if you can try to incorporate some of the twists and the lunges and stuff into yeah, dancing. Definitely. Then it's got to be good, doesn't it? <laughs> Um, and I wanted, um, I'm going to read out a couple of things on the live chat in a minute, but I just wanted okay. to ask you um, a bit about polls, because polls feature quite a lot in races like the UTMB and some of the longer distance ultras. And I just wondered what your views or your advice was on training with polls. Um, and yeah, what, how would you recommend people go about incorporating polls into their yeah. training? So when I started out um, into fell running, um, I've seen fell runners don't use poles. Yeah, cheating sticks. Um, <laughs> yeah, cheating sticks. However, as I've um, gained more experience as a coach, um, I've learned that they're a very valuable tool because yeah. they can reduce your effort level by at least 30%, so you're actually saving quite a bit of energy. Um, what I will say to um, athletes that want to use poles is make sure you get a good set of poles. Um, I know Harrier.com, uh, they do some really good polls that are very affordable as well, um, and train with them. Uh, it's the same as carrying the kit. If you're training for an event where you've got to carry a load of kit, get the kit, pack your bag, put it on your back and train with it, because if you only leave it to the day of the race, then it's going to be a massive shock to the system. Whereas yeah. you can actually get out there and train with them and get used to using them, then it, it'll give you a lot more advantage when you actually come to race though. Yes, yeah, they're, they're really useful aren't they? We've actually got a polls review that I'll, I'll link to, um, it should pop up just over there um, if I remember to do that <laughs> at 27.39, I'll write them make a note. And um, yeah, and the Harrier polls are really good as well, um, <laughs> they are only £70 for the pair still of the Helvellyn Carbon Z polls. So definitely get your hands on a pair of them and they're really good starter pair of poles um but yeah i used to think that poles weren't useful at all and now i'm totally converted like you so yeah <laughs> yeah they're definitely useful for the long races um and um i just wanted to uh just ask you a little bit about the motivation as well like how how do you get motivated to do things like you know like the strength and conditioning and balance moves that you've talked about here tonight that will make people better at uphills and how yeah. do you get the motivation to do a hill session as well like up and down um how yeah. how would you i, I think the motivation <laughs> comes from entering the event in the first place um, okay. And I, I, th I think once you know that you're training for something that's hard, um, then you, you know you've got to put the extra effort in. Um, when I entered the <laughs> I'd only 50 um, back in 2019, um, I knew that um, you know, I was covering 50, 50 to 55 miles, 16,500 feet. I couldn't get to Wales every weekend, and I'd have to just motivate myself to get out there, do the training and um, get myself as fit as possible. Plus being um, ex-parachute regiment, I didn't want to fail. Um, <laughs> you don't like to fail when you've been in a regiment like that. So the motivation was there. I wanted to make my wife proud. I was raising money for Save the Children, so people had donated. Mm. And I think it's just things like that. They just keep you headstrong. And on that event I did have some very very low moments and a couple of moments I thought I'm just going to suck it off and my wife was calling me I had some friends text me as well and it just motivates you to keep going um, and that's the same in the training um, you, you just know that you've got to put your body through because 
if you don't, you're just not going to complete the event. Yeah, and you've got to ask yourself, like, it's short-term pain, isn't it? Well, unless yeah. you've got an, an injury or something like that, I would not advise yeah. anyone to run through an injury. But, yeah, it's a short-term pain, and um, yeah, it's all character-building. <laughs> yes, which is, again, you know, whatever the weather, you just got to get out there. The moment you step out and you start, then jobs are good and um, you're just going to crack on because whether it's wet or it's hot, you've got to do the session and that will also train you for the conditions on the day because you don't know what conditions you're going to be racing in. So just get out there and, and do it. And do it, yeah. And so that's when it must come in really handy to have a coach like you, yeah. like somebody, you're accountable for something, you've got a training yeah. plan, you know exactly, you're not deciding yourself, oh, should I do this or should I do that? So, yeah, totally. Yeah, can you tell me a bit more about how people would contact you for coaching and like and how it works with you? Yeah, so um, I've I've got a website, uh, Trail One West Midlands. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well, and um, there's a form on my website which people can fill out or they can message me direct. And then what I do is I send them an email with pre-coaching questionnaire um, just to get an idea of what they've been up to where they are now, what the event is, what their races are between then and now. So I can actually assess um, also whether they're in the right, right mind of, uh, get my words out, the right mindset before they start. So they can, um, so I know how much work I've got to do with them. The coach makes them accountable, as you said, but it's also there for support and not just for the sessions. Um, they can contact you, um, any time of the day, uh, WhatsApp, um, phone calls at least once a month, just to talk through how their training has been, how they are um, themselves and whether they're enjoying it, having a bad time. And you end up um, with some of your clients getting quite um, a good relationship, a good working relationship. The um, My one client that I'm training for the UTMB, um, I've been with her for four years and she just absolutely loves it. They're actually really good friends now. Um, since we started so yeah it's um, it, it gives you more support than just following training plan out of a book or a magazine and yeah, personalised it, yeah it's, it's very much personalised so I'll do a four week block um, for most people uh, five weeks sometime depending on their fitness and during their recovery week I'll then contact them if they haven't contacted me in between and we'll discuss the next training block what's the expectation what they're going to be doing they let me know also um, their commitments during the next month, whether they've got weddings to go to, Hindus, stag do's, what their work commitments are. And I can work it around there. I've got one client who, uh, like me, works shifts, but it's a 10-day shift pattern. And doing a seven-day training week when you actually work a 10-day shift pattern can be quite difficult. Yeah. So I do a 10-day training plan um, and work it that way. So it's, it makes them it makes it more easy for them to get all their training into those 10 days. Yeah, that's very wise. And, and some people work on a 10-day training plan anyway. Like I've heard yeah. that seven days is like a bit much for some types of training. So yeah, yeah I think yeah. I'm sure Marcus Scottney at one point told me about that and saying that was an advantage sometimes. And, um, and I'm interested to know, Andy, do you have a coach yourself or do, do you coach yourself with the knowledge that you've got? I coach myself, but I have uh, so, so the, the um, there's two people who um, tutored me when I first became a coach, Graham Woodward and Steve Pearson, and they mentor me now. So although I coach myself, if I've got an event coming up, I will always contact them 
and get their guidance um, so I can aim to go in the right direction myself. And if I'm having a bit of a difficult time or um, things aren't working out, then I'll contact them and they'll help me out. So, yeah, they're t again, two very good friends who are, you know, mentoring me to become better um, at what I'm doing and coaching myself as well. Cool. Oh, that's fantastic. It sounds dreamy. <laughs> um, I just want to read you a few, just a few of the comments, um, just so that you can see that people are watching and enjoying. Um, so Antonio Cardinelli says, hello, <laughs> nice Hi. and simple. Um, Hannah Basie says, good evening. Um, I live in a hilly area just south of Sheffield, but always keen to hear recommend recommendations of hill sessions. So hopefully the Kenyan Hills is a, a nice one for you, Hannah. <laughs> um, we've got Philippe uh, Pinord. He says, great to see Andy here. I have been training with him for the last five months and his plans are great. So there you go. There what, not bad, is it? <laughs> what better accolade can you get than that? Um, uh, Susie Dand says, as a Londoner, I'm finding this all very helpful. Um, and Philippe also mentioned that he's a big fan of the Kenyan Hills. Um, he says they're hard but enjoyable. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Richard Greaves says um this is great he's a fellow brummy um and he's going to his first sky run in the coming months so yeah. um he says it, it he feels like he's been doing some of the right training so so you've made him yeah. feel better there um yeah do you get many clients doing sky races as well um so not at the moment um I've the, the people I train are doing various different things I've got to, um, two that do a lot of obstacle course racing oh, um wow. One of them uh, has actually, he's in his 50s and has actually um, gotten to the podium uh, for his age group um, for the Spartan Race um, trilogy. Um, so that, that's that's something I've been quite proud to help him achieve. Um, but I've also, that there's a guy who lives nearby who's been coached by Damien Hall. Um, oh, right. He's actually used my round, um, the Midland Tops round, to, as part of his training for the Paddy Buckley round, which he's oh. doing this summer. So okay. it's, yeah. He, we're in contact quite a bit and he does tell me a bit about the training he's doing and stuff so yeah it's uh, it's nice that he's actually using stuff that i've put out there to uh, help with his training yeah that's great oh that's fantastic um well um where can people find the root of that round if they want to do it themselves um i know so you've got it on website. strava oh it's yeah, on it's your on, website it's on my website oh, okay. uh, i've tried to give it uh, keep it as traditional as possible by doing grid references and um the start and finishes at the licky hills um, because I want to try and encourage people to explore it, find their own routes rather than just follow uh, GPX. However, it is on my Strava um, as well if people just want to download it and have a go. Uh, and it, you'll also find it on fastestknowntime.com um, because waiting for someone to uh, do a very fast time and uh, get around. Yeah, I've just flipped. I've just flicked up the um, the Midlands Top Strava that you um, that you sent to me, um, and it does look epic. It sort of looks like a a mountain race. <laughs> if you didn't know it was in the Midlands, you'd just think it was in the Pyrenees or something. <laughs> <laughs> there is there is one road. Uh, I think it's Windward Heath Road, which you have to go down and then come back up, and it's a sixteen percent gradient on the way back up, which is uh, wow. and it's half a mile long. So <gasps> wow. That, certainly shops the legs on the way back yeah that is definitely good training it sounds like a great route like i yeah. have to come and do it sometime <laughs> it's not that far away I do, I do upset people though because cofton hill which is uh, the final checkpoint before they finish 
actually takes you past your car if, you, if you've parked in the car park. Oh, no. I've done that on purpose. <laughs> that is so there. funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, I think that's great. I just think it's amazing how you're opening up, like, you're opening up the trails of the South Birmingham area and, like, the Midlands area, but also you're using those trails for people to kind of springboard and go further afield and do even yeah. more, more mountainous things. So it's just fantastic. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there who road run um, and want to go off-road but are just worried about taking that step and what I'm trying to do, especially um, in the West Midlands, is help people take that step forward and gain their confidence so they, they can go off and do their own adventures or even have me coach them to do their own adventures. But the, the main reason that I've started all this off is so I can try and encourage people to get off the road and go onto the trails. And now I'm helping people from going off the trails onto the fells uh, by doing a few workshops over the church step as well. Ah, brilliant. Ah, that sounds great. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to just impart to people about um, hill training up or down? Um, or have we said everything that you wanted to say tonight? Um, I think that the, one of the main things is just enjoy yourself. Um, Trail running is not about wearing a chest strap, following your heart rate and um, running a certain time. It's about just running a route, enjoying the views and just having a bit of an adrenaline rush, especially on the downhills. Putting the hard work in on the uphills, but just generally having a, a good time um, doing an activity that everyone enjoys. Fantastic. That's wise words and great advice. I just want to say thank you so much, Andy, for coming on tonight and sharing all your pearls of wisdom about hill running and training for hills um, in a place that's not super, super mountainous or even quite flat. Um, it's been really, really helpful. And I'm sure that loads of people listening that live in cities and, and areas like South Birmingham will will be taking your advice on board and some of the people that live around Birmingham area hopefully will turn up at your trail uh, yeah, the trail right. hit classes oh what was the name again that's a great name trail hit and run trail hit and run that's it yeah yeah that sounds brilliant um so yeah thank you so much Andy um and I will see you on the trails yeah definitely thank you cool good night everybody Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.